Black Doctors Podcast highlights the stories of minority professionals with the goal of inspiring others. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others because the next generation can't be what they don't see. Tune in every Monday to hear our stories told by us. Hello and welcome back to the Black Doctors Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Patrice Smith. She is an orthodontist practicing in the Washington, D.C. area. Dr. Smith, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. Very nice for you to have me. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a while since we were uh, last together because you were at Howard University College of Dentistry. That's correct. Yeah, when did you finish? I finished um, dental school in 2014, but then I went to the orthodontic residency, did two years there, and graduated there in 2016. Awesome. And your life's really taken off since then. I suppose. I suppose you can say so. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us about your current practice. What's a typical day like for you? Okay. So my current practice, it's called Infinity Orthodontics and we're located in downtown DC and it's relatively new. I started my practice around four or five months ago. A typical day looks like we start at nine and we have a short morning huddle, my staff and I, we go over the day and we see patients pretty much from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. with a one hour lunch break at 1 p.m. Um, I typically see about 40 patients per day and well, that's... Um, how many? 40. Okay. Wow. But, you know, well, that's not plenty because in orthodontics you can see... Um, a large quantity of patients just because of just what we do is it's relatively quick our appointments are about 20 to 30 minutes each okay. for each patient so um 40 patients is is an, an average amount of patients per day for an orthodontist um as a matter of fact before owning my practice i was an associate in practices that where i saw a lot more patients than that so 40 is a really nice, comfortable number for me. Gotcha. That's pretty much a day in the life. Oh, no, um, we got we to gotta, we gotta ask more questions than that. <laughs> um, so, one, you know, how long did you practice before you started your own practice? So, I've been practicing since 2016, and I opened my own practice in September of 2020. So, four years. Wow. I mean, it's so impressive the way my, my colleagues in dentistry, you guys are really good at figuring out the business side of medicine and doing your own thing. How did you learn how to start your own practice? While I was in dental school and in orthodontic residency, I I shadowed a lot and I asked a lot of questions from colleagues. And I honestly learned a lot during those periods before I even graduated dental school. When I graduated dental school, I associated with practices where I learned the not only the clinical side, but the business side as well. Also, my husband, he's a dentist as well, and okay. I learned a lot, um, a lot from him in terms of running a business, running a dental practice. So those three areas... Um, you know, pretty much got me covered. Yeah, it just all came together. Are you the only? Are you the only orthodontist at your practice? Yes, I'm the only orthodontist in my practice. And then, how much staff do you have? I have currently three additional staff members. So I have my office manager, my front desk, and three clinical experts. 
So cool. So then you and you're located in DC, so I'm sure it's it's a pretty beautiful location. Yeah, I'm right downtown DC. It's um it's very modern, state of the art practice. Um, I wanted to make it, you know, a, a place where all age age groups can come and kind of appreciate the ambiance. So I wanted a, a very modern and very chic, very stylish, very contemporary type office. And that's, that's what I have. Nice. So walk us through the process of braces, right? Orthodontistry. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It's mostly braces, all braces. Um, yes, pretty much. That's what I tell people. Um, kind of typically when they say, Hey, well, you say you're an orthodontist and you don't do everything that a dentist does. So what exactly? And in short, I usually say, you know, we're the specialists that pretty much align your teeth. We do braces. But to put it more, I guess, correctly, it's we deal with the diagnosis, prevention, and correction of malpositioned teeth and jaws. So a lot of people have the misconception that we just straighten teeth. Um, That is true, but it's so much more than that because we align not just teeth but the jaws as well huh. so the the actual i mean the but the bone doesn't move and the, the jaw bone itself does that move with your uh manipulation and when we and when we say the jaws it's pretty much we're talking about like growth modification so that's why we see a lot of kids and so the orthodontist starts seeing any child from say the age of seven and if we have issue where our jaws are kind of misaligned or mismatched, we can modify their growth pattern so that both jaws can kind of grow together. So That's cool. very, very simplistic terms. So it's not it's orthodontics and dental facial orthopedics. Wow. So That's the specialty, yeah. Somebody comes to you with jacked up teeth, walk us through the process of like, you know, what do you do from the first visit and uh, on until you Give them their award-winning smile. <laughs> okay, so someone comes into the office and they say, hey, you know, I don't necessarily like my smile. I don't necessarily like how my teeth come together. We go ahead and we take what we call records, which includes intraoral, that's all photos inside the mouth, outside the mouth. We take um, photos of their face, facial profile photos, um, pretty much the profile from the side and to see kind of facial symmetry. We also take x-rays, two different types of x-rays with a panorex and one's a cephalometric x-ray. And I do my clinical assessment. And based on that, I come up with my diagnosis and give them different treatment options, you know, based on their specific situation. And then, um, I typically start my treatment then and there, and I can take anywhere from very minor situations where it's like six months to more complicated situations where it could take up to 24 months for complete treatment. Okay. I think I was like an 18-month braces where... Huh, that's not bad at all. And then uh, I think I was like a 24-month retainer where... Okay, so you, you... don't wear your retainers anymore? No. I don't even know where they are. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, typically we like to tell our patients 
retainer wear is kind of indefinite. You want to wear your retainers pretty much for life, at least to go to sleep at night to prevent kind of relapse from happening. Because the natural aging process, things kind of shift around and maybe if it hasn't happened already, perhaps when you get a little bit older, you know, things just, just things just tend to want to move. Oh, they're shifted. They shifted. I got I to gotta, uh, keep you employed, Dr. Smith. <laughs> well, you know who to come to when, when it's that time that you want to <laughs> go ahead and realize those. Uh, so, so question, your husband's a dentist. Do you guys clean each other's teeth? So I don't clean teeth, <laughs> even though I can. Touché. <laughs> but um, my, my husband is my dentist, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, <laughs> what about, God, I got my dental the dentistry questions. Because, you know, um, the Chapmans, I had them on yeah. uh, earlier, and then they are opening their practice. So I had a bunch of dental, dentistry questions for them. But for you, oh, so do, awesome. you, do you sell Invisalign? Is that through an orthodontist office or is that through a private company? How does that work? Invisalign is a, is a clear aligner company. They, they have clear aligners. Um, now it's a product that I do sell through my practice. However, general dentists can also do Invisalign and, um, it all boils down to the dentist or the orthodontist treatment plan. Now I might be a little bit biased because I'm more, and I'm an orthodontist than I do mm-hmm. as I do for a living. I align teeth <laughs> and I'd be a little bit biased when I say, when I say that if you have to get your teeth aligned, if you do have to go through orthodontics, I would recommend going with an orthodontist. Now, there are some instances where your alignment issues are very minor. And in, in some cases, I do say to my dentist, um, you know, I do work with a lot of referring dentists, and sometimes they'll say, hey, doc, um." I have this patient here who wants their teeth aligned. You know, I'm going to send over their x-rays. I'm going to send over their photos. What do you think? And sometimes if they do Invisalign in their office, I'll say, you know, doc, it's very minor. You can go ahead. Go ahead and give this one a shot. No problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, But if it's a situation where it's a little bit more compl- complicated, I would go ahead and say, you know, go send that one to the, to the orthodontist. Gotcha. You know? gotcha. yeah. So some of it's also on them to recognize that this is a little bit outside of what you probably do of their scope yeah definitely um i would say to well i don't necessarily have to speak to the general dentist to say hey you guys should know when to refer to the specialist but more so to the general public if you if it's an alignment situation and if it's a little bit more than minor then you you definitely want to seek it orthodontic treatment from an orthodontist but more times than not, the general dentist will know when to refer what situations. Well, what about the folks on uh, Facebook Marketplace that do braces out of their uh, garage? Oh, goodness. Don't get me started on, <laughs> on the DIY orthodontics. It's what, it was a trend for quite a while. And then, of course, time went on and they saw the ramifications of uh, that trend. You know, people lost their teeth. People had developed oral all sorts of dental anomalies, and um, it was not a good look. So I think those people end up <laughs> learning a lesson at the end. But you don't you don't necessarily want to mess with your oral health. You don't want to DIY anything when it comes to your health. Duly noted. Duly noted. So in 2021, 
we now have pearly plies. Lil Wo plies has taken his gold teeth off. He buried them. <laughs> we saw the funeral on social media. You know what? I saw that um, was the last week on Instagram. It was hilarious. <laughs> he had a whole ceremony for his for his gold teeth. <laughs> I could I laughed so hard. But you know what? It's a good look, and I'm really excited that he decided to take his oral health a little bit more seriously. One, they look so much better. You know, just from an aesthetic standpoint, they look so much better. And two, I'm pretty sure his, if we knew who his cosmetic dentist was, they would tell us that it's a lot more healthy. It's healthy too. <laughs> and I noticed, I noticed this trend. I don't. I noticed this trend on Instagram where you know a lot of these, not only rappers but you know people who had gold fronts. I noticed they're now changing their fronts out for, you know, a more, a more healthy smile, like veneers. And they're looking so much better. Yeah. So, <laughs> kudos to flies. That was hilarious. If you haven't, I guess anybody who's listening, if you haven't seen <laughs> his ceremony, his funeral <laughs> ceremony for his gold teeth, go check it out on his, on his Instagram. Uh, but the other question I have with that is what, so what happens to your teeth when you have the, are those gold caps or, or what's going on with, the way he had them before. Well, I don't know if those were put on initially by a dentist. Cause you know, you can get those, you can get those gold caps. Well, I don't know how much anymore, but you could get those gold caps from pretty much uh, anyone. <laughs> you know, in some neighborhoods you have these people who go around and they know how to make you a grill or make you some fronts. And, you know, if it's not done properly, then you end up having a lot of bacteria getting introduced underneath the caps. You know, sometimes the teeth underneath the caps are deteriorated. I saw on, I can't remember whose page it was, but it was a, a, a colleague of ours. And they were removing these dental caps from people's teeth. These dental, these gold crowns, I should say. And the teeth underneath was were so badly deteriorated. He had to remove some of the teeth, mm. some of these things to get implants. So not very healthy. <laughs> not very healthy at all. All right, that's very, 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 very interesting. Um, clearly, yeah. my my life growing up in the suburbs uh, is showing. <laughs> right. I know nothing about where to get a grill from. Uh, <laughs> so, Doctor Smith, tell us about yourself growing up. Uh, when did you decide you wanted to become a dentist? I grew up in Jamaica, the island of Jamaica, and I pretty much knew at the at around the age of 17 that I wanted to become a dentist. I graduated from high school at the age of 16, and you know, my my fam my parents, they were business people. So I grew up they always owned their own business, and so, you know, I didn't really have a lot of direction. Um, more than, you know, a business track. So in high school, I had a business track. So when I started college, you know, right around 16 and a half, I started with a business track and I hated it. But I do remember I used to shadow one, a family friend of ours who was a dentist and I kept shadowing him. And I, I remember saying to myself, you know, I could do this. This is actually pretty cool. And he owned his own practice, of course. So he had autonomy, full autonomy. And I just kind of enjoyed a day in the life. 
I shadowed him every weekend. And then I just ended up telling my dad after one semester of, you know, a business administration track in college. After one semester, I told my dad, I don't want to do this. Hey, I can't do it. I don't like it. I hate it. And so he said, well, what do you want to do? And the only dental-related program in the entire country at the time was a dental hygiene program at the university where I was going. And I ended up switching majors to dental hygiene. Now, remember, I was on a business track all through high school, so I I had not one science subject. Wow. I never took any science subjects at all, no biology, no chemistry, nothing. And so... It was a little bit challenging. I wanted to switch majors to that dental hygiene. I did, but the I guess the agreement that the admissions committee at my school decided on was if you're gonna switch majors, you're gonna have to take your science subjects simultaneously, you know, in, in like the pre-college that was at my university. And so I did my dental hygiene program in addition to my the science subjects pre-college at the same time. Wow. And so that was pretty tough, pretty interesting, but that led me on the path to dentistry. Now, I knew I wanted to become a dentist, but like I said, that was the only dental-related program on the island. And so I graduated dental hygiene. I practiced dental hygiene for all of four months. And then I said, you know, I really wanted to become a dentist. Now, I remember the island didn't have a dental school. Yeah. And so my mom was already living in New York And that's when I decided, okay, well, I'm going to go to dental school. So I'm going to go to New York. And I enrolled in undergrad in New York. I went to Medgar Evers College. It's of the City University of New York in Brooklyn. And I completed their prerequisites for dental school. But there were so many prerequisites that I had to do. So I ended up just doing another first degree, getting another bachelor's degree. And that was in biology. Okay. Yep. After then, I applied to dental school. I got accepted at Howard University. That was my first and really only choice, even though I applied to other schools, because growing up, all the dentists that I knew in my home country, they all went to Howard. So, of hmm. course, Howard was my choice. Yeah. And so there, there we had it. The rest was history. So cool. How was uh, the dental school experience for you? You know, the dental school experience at Howard was, it was interesting because, you know, when you go through something and while you're going through it, you, you, you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Sometimes it it feels terrible, (laughs) but you'd know, but honestly, you don't realize until you're finished sometimes what a great experience it was. Yeah. So, you know, of course, you have moments going through dental school where it was great. But for the most part, I felt like going through it was kind of tough. But it was only when I was completely finished with dental school that I realized how great of an experience I had. Just the camaraderie alone. We were really family-oriented. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, I get asked a lot by pre-dental students or even students in dental school who want to apply to residency at Howard. And they ask me, well, how was, how's the Howard experience? And I always tell them, look, you're not going to find that experience anywhere else. Nope. You're not like, you just don't. And I also tell them, you know, going to Howard too, 
um, for all its great things. Sometimes you get a little bit sheltered from the real world because the real world is not like how it at all because you're surrounded by all this kind of black excellence and so you yeah. you you get you kind of get used to it and you, you feel like this is how it is mm-hmm. then you go out into the world and <laughs> most most of the times where i ended up you know you're like the only black person right which that was not the case at all at, at howard and so you get a little culture shock when you get out but man if i could get that experience again in just any setting that would be so amazing you know my howard experience was you know all in all everything all considering i guess was was really good yeah i i agree it's formative man i wouldn't trade it for anything yeah i have same same we had such great um relationships that we formed um from howard and even now anywhere you go i don't care what year you graduated from, if you see anyone, you know, that went to Howard, it's like <laughs> you automatically, you're like automatic family. It's, it's, a, it's a really beautiful thing. It really is. Um, so as you were finishing up at Howard, you decided to go into orthodontics. Um, what was that application process like? Well, I decided around my second year Mm-hmm. at Howard that I wanted to specialize in orthodontics. Um, so prepared myself throughout um, throughout the whole, well, I applied during my third year. So prepared myself pretty much from, from the moment I decided, which was second year throughout. Um, and it was pretty much, the application process was pretty straightforward. It was pretty much like applying to dental school. But orthodontics, getting into orthodontic residency is very competitive. Yeah. You know, much like any any getting into any specialty, really. But orthodontics and oral surgery are probably two of the toughest residencies to get into. And so the rule of thumb is being in, you know, kind of the top of your class, you know, participating in taking on leadership roles throughout your matriculation in dental school. And just finding ways to be competitive or a competitive applicant. And um, I, I think I was, I think I was, my application was pretty competitive. I ended up matching at Howard, which of course is my number one choice again. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so all in all, you know, I, I, I was really lucky and fortunate that I was able to not only attend their, the dental school for Howard University, but also the orthodontics program. And it was a two-year residency program? And that orthodontics program is two years. Um, a lot of programs now are, uh, I would say, two and a half to three years. There are very few programs remaining that are still two-year programs. And then you got out your practice for a bit and then opened your own practice that's in right. D.C.? Yeah, that's correct. You know, my first associateship position outside of um, residency was in a private practice, an extremely busy private practice um, that was in North Carolina. You know, in that practice, myself and another orthodontist, we both saw around 200 patients per day. <laughs> so, oh. yes, it was extremely busy. Um, very large practice. 
and you know split down the middle that would be a hundred patients per doctor so not my ideal setting you know um, but that's personal not my ideal um, situation but it was a great learning experience that's where I got really my first working experience and it helped me to build my speed and stamina and and clinical expertise you know from there I actually took on another position which which was with a corporate um, dental practice there I was the only orthodontist and I was seeing around 85 patients and I was actually I was actually partner in that company but then ultimately I decided I wanted to do my own thing, kind of, you know, bet on myself and do my own. And like I mentioned before, I now see about 40 patients in my practice per day. And I that's a comfortable number for me per day. That way yeah. I, I can ensure, you know, great quality service for all my patients. Yeah. No, now that you put it in context, yeah, you're living the dream. Yeah. So you're no stranger to entrepreneurship. In addition to your orthodontics practice, you started your own candle line. It's the Unorthodox Candle Company. Yeah, that's right. So um, I love, 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 love scented candles. And during dental school, I decided to kind of make my own. I would buy them all the time, but I was, you know, I I was purchasing so many from, you know, these different companies that the popular ones like um, Bath and Body Works, etc. But one day I had the bright idea, hey, if I made these for myself and had my own candles in my home, you know, one that would save me, it would probably save me money because I buy them so often. And then two, it would be kind of cool to just have my own candles. So I started making my own candles and then started sharing them with my family and friends. And then over time, the demand for them grew, of course, after I perfected the craft. <laughs> the, demand, <laughs> the demand for them grew so much that, you know, it was, it was one day my mom said, oh, my gosh, you need to turn this into a business because, you know, not only do I want them all, all, my other, all our other family members are asking for them, the demand grew so much. And so... An Orthodox Candle Company was born from that. Um, I decided to turn it into a business. And we are here today, and I supply candles to not only individuals who also love candles, but to some dental practices as well. So in the beginning, were you, like, cooking these up on your stove or what? Literally, in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no joke. <laughs> In my kitchen. <laughs> are, are you still cooking them in, in your kitchen? No, I actually, in my home, I actually have a, a candle studio. Oh. Um, yeah, so I actually have my our own space in our home where I do the candles. Not on the stove anymore. I now have legit equipment <laughs> where I make my candles. Um, I mean, eventually, later on, when or if it gets to be a larger company, we'll have to get warehouse space and all that stuff. But for right now, it's manageable in my home. And do you still enjoy making the candles or has it become like a chore or a burden? I still enjoy it. Now it's a matter of carving out that space, that time. And so I, what, I've, what I've had to do now is kind of make them, I designate time to make, you know, kind of a huge batch 
so that, you know, as the orders come through, I can just package and ship, package and ship. But it's become a little bit more hectic because now I'm now CEO of my own business. It's no longer just a nine to five. It's not a matter of just going to work and coming home and then, you know, forgetting about other responsibilities of the practice. Um, So it's become a little bit more hectic, but it breaks up the monotony of kind of my days. And so it's a nice balance. I do really still enjoy it. Nice. So that's the Unorthodox Candle Company. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, you have a very robust, extensive, beautiful blog website. Uh, what all do you post there? Oh, thank you. Um, my website is called The Unorthodox. It's theunorthodox.com. And, you know, I really started it by sharing my experiences. And the reason I wanted to share my experiences, well, I've always had a blog. I've had a, I've been start. I've been writing a blog since around 2009. I've had several. And the one that I had when I was in dental school, you know, helped a lot of stu- pre-dental students. And I would only hear about it if they got accepted to Howard. And they're like, oh, well, you were the girl that wrote that blog that helped me to figure <laughs> out how to, <laughs> how to apply to dental school and get in, yada, yada. And then, of course, I continued that after I graduated and started the unorthodox. With the same idea, but more so to document my experiences and everything that I'm learning as I go along. And I found that a lot of dental students and also some medical students, you know, find the content helpful. You know, some people Mm -hmm. just learn learn a whole lot from other people's experiences. And then I write about, you know, different things that people would ask me questions about. So, you know, on my blog... I like, I like to say I aim to educate, inspire, and help young professionals okay. lead a balanced, purpose-filled, unorthodox lifestyle while on the path to personal, professional, and financial development. So those are the topics that I write about. Um, a lot of career, finance, and you know, just professional development topics. I love it. I love it. So it's a great resource mm-hmm. for um, pre-dental students, especially that are looking to find out more about the field. Yeah. And also if you're a dental student or any young professional, really, that pretty much wants to learn from my experience, for example, you know, owning a practice, purchasing a practice or starting a practice from scratch. I have information on that stuff, you know, from my experience. Mm -hmm. And then I think you recently, as you posted about this on your uh, Instagram page, which is doctor.unorthodox. Correct. The 2021 planning uh calendar yeah i have a planner it's a digital planner i had one last year and it was (laughs) a lot of people asked for it but unfortunately 2020 turned out to be a little bit of a doozy (laughs) but i didn't plan on i didn't plan on doing one for 2021 only because of what happened last year but uh, a few people on instagram requested it they're like hey we really liked your plan last year are you going to do another one i've been waiting for you to come out with it so i decided to do a 2021 planner and it just goes hand in hand with everything that i talk about on the blog i'm always talking about planning you know just planning ahead and you know stating your goals and making them happen and so it kind of goes hand in hand with just i'm a big believer in just writing things down and I'm a big believer also in checklists. And so I like to write things down. I like to plan and I like to smash my goals. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just, yeah, I'm a doer. So I I, I enjoy that a lot. And I write a lot about that. So I always encourage that. 
Yeah, I, I kind of wing things, um, but maybe I should look <laughs> at your your planner and, and try to make some life changes in 2021. <laughs> and I think it's incredible the work that you do. And, and what I've noticed, even from the brief time I've had this podcast, is that even when you feel like, you know, people may not be benefiting, there's people out there that really appreciate what you're doing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, when I realized you had a podcast, I'm a podcast junkie. Like I, I rarely listen to music. I listen to podcasts. So if I'm in the car, even if I'm going 10 minutes down the street, I have a podcast on and your podcast is one of them that I subscribe to. And yeah, (laughs) of course, of course. (laughs) You know, I listen to so many podcasts and I learn so much from each of them, yours included. You know, you really do learn a lot from other people's experiences. So, you know, thank you. <laughs> I have to say oh, thank, thank you for Kelly. No, I learned so much today. Um, and speaking of helping people, in addition to your busy practice and your candle company and your blog, you're also involved in the uh, Dental Helping Hands organization. Can you tell us about that experience? Yes, of course. So Dental Helping Hands is a nonprofit organization, a dental nonprofit organization that myself and two other of my classmates founded. So it's myself, Dr. Rashida Johnson and mm-hmm. Dr. Patrick Christopher. Dr. Johnson is a general dentist. Dr. Christopher is an oral surgeon. And we have a shared goal pretty much to, to give back you know, to give back, to offer our services to people who are disenfranchised. And so that is what we do through our organization. We go to developing countries and we offer general services for free for those who either can't afford it or just don't have the access to it. You know, so far we've been able to service Jamaica, of course, um, Sudan, Nigeria, Ghana. And those are some of the places that we've been so far. And um, of course, 2020 put kind of a pause on that. But our goal is to resume that in the, at least in 2022. How many or how long has the organization been in existence? So we, the organization is very young. We started the organization in 2017. Wow. Just under four years ago. And how many trips have you guys gone on? Oh, man. So we... When we started in 2017, we do at least four trips per year. Wow. We've done at least four trips per year. And of course, you know, with all our busy schedules, of course, we always want to do more. But with each of our busy schedules, those that's the amount that we are able to at the moment. But of course, we do ask for people to volunteer. So, of course, when this rolls out again in 2022, we'll open up our volunteering aspects for those who do have time and the resources to help us um, pursue our mission. Yeah. Roughly how many patients have you treated so far with the organization? Oh, goodness. Each trip that we go on, we see at least 500 patients. What? Well, yeah, you guys are used to seeing 200 patients a day. (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, it's a little bit different when it comes to dentistry. (laughs) Dentistry, you know, when we go on these mission trips, we're doing things like Unfortunately, mostly extractions, because by the time we reach these people, these people haven't had dental care in so long that their sometimes their teeth sometimes deteriorate, and sometimes an extraction or two is life saving for them. 
So most of the times we're doing extractions, we're doing fillings and cleanings, of course. And then Dr. Patrick Christopher, who's an oral surgeon, if we come across patients who have need a need for surgery, um, if we have the resources where we are, then he goes ahead and he takes care of those too. I am blown away that you're doing incredible, incredible work and touching the lives of so many people. Yeah, we're, we're doing our best to kind of, you know, like I said, give back because we're given these gifts and what's the point of having these gifts if you can't, you know, use them to help other people. Absolutely. Dr. Smith, thank you so much for coming on the podcast um, and sharing the incredible things you're doing. If you guys haven't already, follow her on social media. Uh, what's your Instagram? So my Instagram is do- at drdr.unorthodox, U-N-O-R-T-H-O-D-O-C. My candle company is Unorthodox Candle Co. If you do want to see my website, it's theunorthodox.com. The nonprofit is dentalhelpinghands.org. Um, am I missing anything? <laughs> uh, I think you covered it all. I think I covered it. <laughs> I think I covered it. Oh, Thank your you practice. So much. Can you tell your, your practice, uh, Infinity? Yes, it's Infinity Orthodontics. Um, and it's infinityorthodc.com. And we're located in downtown Washington, D.C. Awesome. Dr. Smith, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Doug. The Black Doctors Podcast is a nonprofit volunteer passion project with the goal of inspiring all who listen. Tune in next week for another episode of the Black Doctors Podcast with Dr. Stephen Bradley, your friendly neighborhood anesthesiologist.